0: Hey there, friends, you are tuned in to the Unconventional Yogi Podcast with yours truly, Colette Marie. Real content, real talk. So we have another situation which unfolded yesterday in a Tulsa hospital by a rogue patient who decided to... Vent his frustr- his frustrations by killing his doctors, a, a receptionist, and a patient before turning the gun on himself. So, if you are if you had not heard the story, the story goes: this individual received back surgery on the 19th, complained about back pain on the 24th, went in for additional treatment, still complained about back pain and decided to go and purchase a semi-automatic weapon and an AR-15 style rifle and then go to the hospital and kill his surgeon and another doctor. And anyone else who got in his way happened to be a patient and happened to be a receptionist. And that's the story because he was in a state of discomfort and pain. So when I said in another podcast that hurt people hurt other people, it is true. This situation is an example of that. But moreover... This is beyond physical back pain. This is, to me, a mental health problem. And the fact that we have a mental health crisis already existing in the United States further tells me that we have a much bigger situation unfolding. And gun violence is in riding shotguns. Proverbially speaking, with mental illness. I mean, these two situations are on the rise and and opioid addiction is on the rise. What does that all say, folks? What does that say to you? It tells me that we have some serious things we've we've got to figure out. So this podcast will be a little lengthier than the average podcast, about 20 or so minutes. So hang in there, team. I'd love to share some more information with you. I don't want to go on this negative diatribe, but I do want to provide a little historical context so that we have a good foundation. And then when I ask questions, rhetorical or otherwise, that we have a nice little foundation established. So firstly, let us look at the Second Amendment. It reads... A well-regulated militia, being necessary to the security of a free state, comma, the right of the people to keep and bear arms, comma, shall not be infringed. That's it. That's all the Second Amendment. Just, a, just that one line. Okay. Now let us look at when it was written and how many people occupy this territory and what kind of firearms existed at the time it's a valid point of reference points of references to make and to 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 illustrate the Constitution was written in the year 1787 keep that in mind The U.S. population, according to a 1790 census, was about 3.9 million. That included 700,000 slaves, but it didn't include 150,000 Native Americans. So let's just say 4 million, just rounding up. Currently today, we have, in the year 2022, 330 million people. 1790, 4 million. 2022... 330 million, give or take. The typical firearms in 1787 and 1790 were uh, muskets and flintlock pistols that could only hold a single shot. That's it, one shot. And if you were lucky, you got three or four off in a minute, that was it. That's all. There was nothing else. Single shot. Firearms only at that time, at that particular time in which the Constitution was written, with only 4 million people in the whole span of what we call the United States. Currently, we have about 393 million firearms in circulation in the United States, and that's legal. We're not even including what other number of firearms that are in circulation that are illegal. It could be a hundred million, could be fifty million, could be twenty-five million. But we know that there is a number of illegal firearms in circulation, in addition to the 393 million firearms in circulation, of which, according to the NRA, There's about 8 million AR-15 style rifles in a 2018 report. Let's round up 10 million. So of the 393, let's round up of the 400 million firearms, 10 million are AR-15 style rifles and variations therein. And we only have 330 million people in the United States. There are more firearms here than there are people breathing in this country. That blows my mind. Blows my mind. Unbelievable. And when in the world did the AR 15 even pop into being for the average citizen? Because it had taken on many other incarnations. Prior to. And when I say prior to, meaning it it had evolved over the years. In World War II, one, two, then we get into the Korean War, and then now we're moving into the Vietnam War. So with the Vietnam Wars when we start to see this new version of itself this new incarnation of the AR15 it, it was branded and rebranded and branded again and so what I'm what I'm sharing with you is the fact that it it was brought into general population in terms of an idea based based on time and military use from 1959 to 1964 and so after the Vietnam wars when we started to see this like civilian purchase So in 1963, the U.S. military selected Colt to manufacture the automatic rifle that soon became standard issue for the U.S. troops in the Vietnam War. It was known as the M-16, so that was its incarnation at that time. And with that kind of success, Colt ramped up its production uh, of semi-automatic versions of the M-16 that were sold to law enforcement and civilians and marketed as the AR-15. So it was rebranded, and boom, there you go. So in the early 60s is when it started to make its way through general population. So that that gives you a little bit of a timeline as to, you know, when when and how. And these were made in the United States. These were U.S. manufactured items. I'm not sure about now, but... Uh, that was that was the situation so we have now a timeline 1787 constitution 1790 four million people muskets flint pistols fast forward 1963 by colt we have the ar-15 and 2022 We have 330 million people. We have about 10 million AR-15s in circulation and about 400 million firearms in circulation in the general population. Firearm sales had skyrocketed as of 2019, not just by men, but also by women. More women have purchased firearms in 2020 alone and became first time firearm users by 2021. So we have a gender, you know, changeover a little bit in the last few years, right? Suicide death by gun has doubled, so there's that to consider. But about forty-four percent of the U.S. households has a firearm. The average individual has about five of them that they have that they have in their home or on their person or whatever. That's a lot. Twenty-two percent presumably have just one. 56% of American households don't have any firearm. But that number, that ratio is changing. That ratio is changing a bit. So, you know, I don't know when it will be 50-50. I don't know when it will be 56-44 in favor of firearms being 56% of households and 44% without. I worry that at this rate, every single household in every single part of this country should have a firearm just to protect themselves against, I guess, who? Their neighbor? Like what? It's just odd. It's odd to me. You know. So that's what that's what gets me, is the, these numbers are staggering, and. I have mentioned before that hurt people hurt other people. And as long as hurt people exist, there will always be crime and violence. There just will be. Perhaps the hurt people won't use firearms to express their pain. Maybe they'll use something else. But still, if it's causing any kind of physical harm or financial harm, because... Cybercrime has escalated, phishing scams, all that stuff has like went through the roof in the last two years, especially since the shutdown, because we all virtually moved our lives online. So it made us easy pickings. So identity theft is a huge thing. So we can't just only look at gun violence, but we have to also look at cybercrime because that's a problem. That's a big problem. Mental health issue, opioid issue, gun violence issue, cyber crime issue. We've got a lot of issues and we have to have proper legislation to deal with these, these things. We just need them now. We're not winning as a collective, we're losing as a collective in, in these regards. So when someone is saying this person or boogeyman is going to take their guns away, it's not about taking anything away. It's about making sure we all follow the rules. We ought to have a 28-day waiting period. Uh, Perhaps if there was a 28-day waiting period, this person wouldn't have been able to go out and buy anything and shoot anybody up. That doesn't mean that 28 days later he wouldn't have done the same, but perhaps his pain would have subsided. Perhaps his entire mental landscape would have shifted within that month's time frame. Who knows? We can't say or I can't say that a 28-day waiting period is going to be the absolute solution. It's not, but it will mitigate. It will mitigate because it's all we can do. We can only mitigate and manage problems and and mitigate and manage situations, circumstances, issues, all of it. It's all we can do. Background checks. Absolutely, there should be a background check. Everyone should be background check, criminal background, domestic violence background, mental health history. Absolutely, because again, given the fact that one in three Americans suffer from mental health issues, Disorders or mental health issues, most of which are undiagnosed, mental health should be a factor in this situation. Because it really takes somebody who's not really all quite together in their head to pull off these sorts of crimes. Honestly, Ramos, he had mental problems. This guy in Tulsa, mental issues. All the people that have gone out and committed these types of uh, heinous acts, mental issues, undiagnosed, potentially some were diagnosed and were taking medication that tells you something that tells you something. So, uh, we definitely need what VP Kamala Harris stated. We need common sense gun laws. We need them because this isn't getting any better. It's getting worse. It's getting worse. So when I see like a problem getting worse, that means something has to give, something has to change. We have to go back to the drawing board and and revamp a situation and figure out what will work. That's the only way I see it. That's the only way I see this situation with guns improving. Otherwise there'll be more people dying you know, short-fused individuals wanting to settle a dispute using a firearm in the middle of the day or at night because they have no other way of solving a problem? That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. When did we, as a collective, become so unable to talk things out, to seek professional help to sort out our thoughts so that we can think more clearly and process our emotions and cope those are the questions that I have that our behavior is so poor that we have to just do something to inflict harm upon someone else that that's a reflection of something going on that needs to be looked into evaluated that's 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 problematic so with the rise of addiction and the mental health crisis, and, and with the many firearms that we have in circulation, and the accessibility of firearms at 18, and all these other things, we've got to do something as a body of people because we, as a country, are outranking every other country in the entire world with this stuff. We are. The United States has the most amount of deaths by firearm than any other country. The United States has the most mass shootings than any other country. That uh, that that's that's deeply disturbing to me. It doesn't make this country look great in the eyes of the the world. It it doesn't. Granted, we do have a lot of great freedoms. We do. We do. Absolutely. But we have a lot of demons to have to exercise, if you will, as well. We do. We have a lot of ground to cover. And I'm not quite sure how we're going to get there. Now, on the flip side of the situation we have a lot of great people we have a lot of caring people who care for other people so I I don't want to go off on just this one angle and and make it seem like it's one one side thing only it's not we have a lot of wonderful things happening we have a lot of wonderful people we have a lot of caring people we have a lot of folks that are interested in humanity and trying to do the right thing so, I trust that those are the people that are going to really uh, make a difference in the world. And so, I look forward to seeing how that particular—you uh, know—how how we as a collective, those that are interested in helping one another out, how that will unfold for us all in the upcoming year, months, and years. I'm hopeful. Truly, I hope for the best I also am preparing for the worst which is just maintaining a heightened sense of awareness everywhere I go everywhere I go here there this country that country because there are people that are hurt that are looking to hurt other people so just be aware my friends be mindful be aware and thank you for listening to this podcast. I appreciate it, and I will check back in with you very soon.